Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today I am answering two questions that I often get. Well, one question, one I don't get so much as a question, but people usually just state it. They say, well, compound movements are so much quote unquote better than isolation exercise. So we're going to talk about that today. And you have to understand I'm a hypertrophy coach. I'm a body recomp coach. So when it comes to these discussions, you have to understand what do you mean by better? I'm going to always ask that question to people. I had a client actually ask me this one time. She's like, I don't get why we don't do more compound movements. They're so much better. And I said, define better. And I didn't mean to put her on the spot, but define better. Like, what does that mean? Because I'm a hypertrophy coach. So for me, what we're trying to do is we are trying to build muscle right? Where, you know, maybe if your goal is body recomp, you want a little bit of muscle, you want a little bit of fat loss. Or if you want to move into a build, you want muscle. So that's kind of what I help clients out with. So for me, this is actually a really good uh, discussion because I'm the one writing programs. So I better know if something is quote unquote better, right? And then I also had somebody recently in my in the Facebook group, the Lifting Lindsay VIP Facebook group. That's for those who are app users or clients. And I get on there and answer questions. I do up to five form video reviews a week on there. I can't do them all day long. So I have to like cap it at five a week. If you upload a video on there, then you will get a form review from me, but only up to five. Anyways, so I saw somebody write on there, well, compound exercises are quote unquote better. Okay, what does better mean? People, stop using that. It's a, it's such a vague term for me, better. It's better for what? For your, for your sport? Are you a power lifter? Well, then yeah, <laughs> you're right. It is gonna be better for your sport. But the question is, Compound versus isolation exercises, which are actually better for muscle growth. That's the question that I care about. That's the better that I care about. Does it equate to more muscle growth? And in the notes, you will find tagged a new meta-analysis that was published April 6, 22, so this year. And their conclusion, what they found was that on average, multi-joint or single joint exercises, so compound or isolated exercises, stimulated muscle growth equally. Did you hear that? Equally, meaning that neither one is quote unquote better. So the most important thing when it comes to hypertrophy, when it comes to building muscle, is actually creating mechanical tension on the desired muscle that we are trying to work. So whether you do that with a squat or whether you do it with like a glute bridge or if you're doing it with a leg press, I understand that that's still multi-joints working, but, but it doesn't matter as long as we are creating the desired tension on the muscle. So a lot of times when people are referring 
to these compound movements. They're talking about like the big lifts. So I think that this is really good for people to understand because whether a lot of times people um, kind of, I don't know, are a little religious about these, the big lifts and, and like deadlifts and squats. And they just feel like, no, if you really want to build your glutes, you need to squat. Well, what if the person is a quad dominant squatter though? Because a lot of females are. So what about them? The squat is now not going to be what's really going to grow their glutes. But also what about those that can't really squat very well? So should they just wait to have all of the glute gains they want until they've, you know, spent all these months and time learning how to squat well? No, the answer is no. The answer is when we're choosing these exercises, whether they're compound or more isolation exercises, we do need to take into account the goals of the individual and how well they can perform the exercise. Because if a girl really, really, really wants to build her glutes, but she's a quad dominant squatter, then she is going to be building her quads and not much of her glutes during that. And then she's going to be pretty dissatisfied when she has bigger quads and still has a pancake butt, right? So it's important for coaches and individuals to understand, like, what are they comfortable with and how do they perform exercises? So if somebody is more, let's say an individual comes to me and they're just not very confident in the squat. Well, that's going to be a limiter to their growth, that lack of confidence, because they're not going to be pushing really high weight while squatting because they lack confidence and the ability to do so and to train closer to failure in a comfortable manner. So their squat is going to be a limiter. They're not very confident in it. They're not going to be pushing themselves or the weight, the amount of volume required on the muscle to build because they're limited with their confidence and ability to create the tension there. So that's okay. If they really, really, really want to learn how to squat just to be able to say that they can squat, that's great. We can work on that. But I'm not going to program the squat for them to be the main driver of hypertrophy. I'm going to choose other exercises that they're more confident in, that they're more comfortable in, maybe something like a leg press that require, that brings in more external stability and allows them to really push themselves to create far more tension in the glutes than they could have with the squat because we can set things up just right and let the body do, do what it does best in the leg press. They're going to feel far more comfortable with that. So we're going to choose exercises where they feel comfortable and confident because that will allow them to put the amount of mechanical tension that is required to build muscle. Okay. So same if somebody really wants to build their quads and what if they're a glute squatter, then we're going to put them in something like a hack squat that's going to limit the amount of hip flexion and allow us to put our feet lower to get to maximize knee flexion, which is closing the gap between the hamstrings and the calves. And that's going to help them grow their quads in a more stable environment. And then we'll also mix with things like isolation exercises where we can really 
far more isolated where we're using something like the leg extension, okay? So you're looking at really what can the client do comfortably? What are they confident in? What do they want? And a lot of times when it comes to hypertrophy, especially with newer clients, we really may stay away from these larger, those big movements because they're not confident, but they still want to get the hypertrophy. And we can do that. We can build their confidence with these other lifts while we are getting the muscle being built with these other movements. So I've seen this time and time again. I wasn't shocked by any stretch of the imagination when it came to this new meta-analysis being published. It really just comes down to, you know, the mechanical tension that we create on the muscle. Okay. Is it sufficient enough? So hopefully that answers the question with that. Let's move on to the next question. So do you need to train a muscle more than two times per week for maximum gains? So in this study that I'm quoting, they took a group of semi-trained individuals and they split them into two groups. So one group did full body workouts two times a week. The other group did four times a week, but they kept the volume the exact same for both groups. That's really important. Okay. They kept the volume the exact same. And after nine weeks, so in reading, the authors were saying that they expected more muscle and strength from the groups that were training four times a week, the muscle four times a week. So they were a little surprised when after nine weeks, the muscle growth and the strength gains were actually pretty similar between the two groups. So even when volume was the same, the higher frequency didn't add any more muscle, okay? So that's really important for people to understand. I think people hear something like higher frequency and they think, oh, I should be training, if I want to build my glutes or build my delts, I should be training them three, four times a week. And that's actually not necessarily the case. So they're really, this is something that's really important. And I do like that they address this in the study. The author wrote that the current evidence for the beneficial effect of higher training frequency, so current evidence for higher training frequency in trained individuals is actually pretty weak. So it is based on small studies with limited power to detect small but meaningful differences between protocols. So we do need to be careful when we assume that, okay, well, if we really want our glutes to grow more, then we just need to work them more. So three, four, five times a week be working them. So we still need more research on frequency. But honestly, from what I've seen, across the board is two times a week when done smart 
hitting a muscle two times a week is good enough. So once in a while, I will add a third day. Let's say I really want to build glutes. Once in a great while, I will add a third day of glutes, but it's not a glute day. It may be just like one exercise. It's like three by eight to 10 for kickbacks or for glute bridge, like very, very minimal. It doesn't mean that I'm doing a full on nail my glutes, can barely walk out, you know, three of those days a week. So oftentimes that type of training gets glorified. And what end up what ends up happening is we're we're doing way too much and we're not recovering enough, especially with females who are trying to get body recomp, which is they're in a slight calorie deficit or even just like a 20%, 20, you know, going down to 25% and they're still trying to get some muscle and some, you know, body fat reduction at the same time. So those people especially are not going to have the nutrition to be able to recover from that type of volume and frequency of work. And so you have to be so careful in trying to include a third day and even thinking that a fourth day, we're really being showed by the research here that that's not going to improve your gains. So a lot of times, if we really want to see the growth in that muscle, we need to make sure that minimum we're hitting it two times a week solid workouts, really bringing the intensity and that you are eating enough food. That is the biggest hindrance to muscle growth that I see with females. I've even seen it with some of my male clients. They just want to stay too lean all the time. And so they think that and you know when you're a newbie when you're a newbie lifter you can see a lot of that reduction in body fat plus muscle gains but you can't just always be eating in a calorie deficit and expect to put on muscle it doesn't work that way and so women come to me all the time saying like well my glutes haven't grown i really want them to grow and then as i you know, ask them questions, more questions, come to find out they're just constantly in a calorie deficit. Well, if you're constantly in a calorie deficit, your body's not going to have enough supplies to build muscle. So it's not going to. So that's a huge one is make sure you're eating at minimum maintenance if you're serious about muscle growth, you need to push into a slight calorie surplus too. So 250 to 500 calorie surplus should be ample enough for most people. If you are really wasteful, if your body is wasteful with nutrients, sometimes those individuals will push beyond that six, 700 calorie surplus. That's not always to be glorified. I've seen Some coaches glorify that they could push their client into that much of a surplus. And then they're somehow shocked about all of the gut issues that now the client's having. Like, what? 
How in the world could you be having gut issues? I don't know. Could it be the surplus of six, 700 calories being slammed down their throat seven days a week for, you know, five, six? No. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, ugh, sorry. That one bugs me. That one bugs me because I'm just like, how are you shocked by this? You think that a surplus that extensive isn't going to affect somebody's gut after doing it for extensive periods? You've got to be kidding me. Anyways, okay, there's my little tangent. But so I usually will stay within the 250 to 500 calorie surplus. And really, you can keep those to just training days even. So we shouldn't feel this need to go into some aggressive, crazy surplus Although I'm sure me saying 250 to 500 calories, most, you know, on training days, most women will be like, oh, no, but, but that's just what, and, and I'll do a podcast specifically on builds, but I just really wanted to emphasize that. Now, another, another reason why we would want to do, if, if the goal is muscle growth, why we would want to do like two, maybe, maybe three training days a week if somebody's more trained is so that we could keep up the intensity that's needed during that training day. But you know, most people, if they're getting, you know, like, let's say they want like 25, 20 to 25 sets on their glutes, just continuing to use that as an example, you can easily split that into two days and keep the intensity level up. Maybe, maybe like I kind of shared with mine, maybe you could do a third day, but just have it be one exercise, really, really well executed, you know, three, maybe four sets, something like that. But one that's not going to create a ton of mechanical damage so that we don't interfere with the recovery from the other two days. So that's really important. Recovery is one thing that is not spoken of enough when it comes to training. People are too excited to glorify, you know, training five plus days a week. They think that one day off is weakness or whatever. But the truth is when it comes to muscle growth, we do need to prioritize recovery, which is actually why I train four days a week and not more because I want to recover fully. And so the first year that I was training, the first year and a half, I saw really good growth, muscle growth. And I was training five, six days a week and I saw good muscle growth. That's newbie gains. And then I hit this hard plateau, this hard plateau. And I'm trying to eat more. I'm training as hard. I'm not seeing the gains that I wanted. And when I pulled back to training smart four times a week, it was hard mentally for me. It really was. I did not like that. Like going to the gym, that was my time. I really enjoyed it. And I was sold on the idea that I, I knew I needed to try something else. I knew I needed to pull back. You know, I tried to pull back five days. That was going really well, but still wasn't seeing really the growth that I wanted to. 
when I pulled back to four days and really allowed my body to recover, I have seen some awesome growth even as a trained individual. And so that's why I have in my app and with my clients, I strongly encourage four times a week is like, that is like the sweet spot. Another thing it does too, is I feel like it really allows me to keep a better life balance. Like I love fitness, but I don't want fitness to be my whole life. I I don't want my children to feel like I'm obsessive about it. I want to show them what balance is, what overall health is. And so that's the same reason why when I go on family vacations, I don't feel the need to go lift weights. And I want to show my daughters that I value time with them. And that's really important. It's still important for me to move. I love movement. I find that very healthy. But I want them to see that fitness is a part of my life to help, I don't help like magnify the joys in my life. It's not a distraction from the real stuff that gives me joy, which is my family. And so I, I want my kids to see that balance. And I had a friend, I don't know if I've shared this before, I probably have. She always says, that extremes are easy. Balance is hard. And I really do agree with her on that one. Balance is hard. But striving for it is worth it. So the two things that we mainly talked about today, we mainly covered today, is that when it comes to muscle growth, compound movements are not special. They're just not. Okay, compound, isolation exercises, it doesn't matter as long as they're creating that mechanical tension that's required. That's all that matters. Do you need to train a muscle more than two times a week for maximum gains? The answer is it looks like no. It looks like no. So just keep that in mind. Too much work can actually prevent you from fully recovering. And remember, in recovery is actually where the muscle is built. So I hope today's episode has helped you guys learn a little bit something about training how to make your training smarter. Thank you so much for joining me on the Lifting Lindsay podcast today. If you have any questions, you can always send me a message on Instagram at Lifting Lindsay, or you can go to my website, liftinglindsay.com and check out my coaching options as well as my training app for more optimized training so you can train smart.